Hi everyone, it is April 28, 2023. Can you believe it? We've already reached the end of the month and next week is actually already May. So what do we make from earnings season so far? I gotta be honest, this April is by far one of the hardest for the bears because we've just been squeezing even if the markets are still relatively unchanged. Let's take a look first on the markets. Uh, but before we do that, this show is actually... Um, we uh, we do are uh, are happy to share about Webull. Uh, where we we do get something if you use the link a.webull.com.sg slash i slash awesome10x. If you do not have a U.S. stock market account yet, yes, you can open through Webull platform. This is better for those who have a Singapore bank account. But those who are in the Philippines or Filipino citizens can actually also open an account for Webull. You just need to actually allocate your Apple App Store instead of the Philippine region, the Singapore region. Download the Webull Singapore app and therefore answer all those uh, address, blah, 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 citizen, everything. Even if you're in the Philippines, you can actually avail and open an account. And you can see that you can get up to $500 worth of fractional shares and you can stand a chance to win a Tesla Model 3 as you fund any amount and maintain funds for 30 days. The reason why we like to use Webull as long as, uh, as, long as you're going to trade U.S. markets is because it's very low cost. It's got a way for you to buy fractional shares, meaning $100 or $200 worth of Tesla or Google, etc., and you get free NASDAQ and CBOE market data. I, for one, use Webull a lot for the news, for the options, and all the tables. So this is definitely one of the good platforms that you can check out in case you want to open a U.S. market account. Okay? So let's talk about the U.S. market. How many days and percentage returns do stocks that beat continue to run up? We actually saw in this earnings results some stocks that got beat. Uh, that went up, race guidance, and then we also have stocks that actually fell down. So let's take a look at what the markets have been doing over the recent numbers. So you can see that PVH here after earnings from 72 actually rallied towards 88. But after that, it has since been just sold off uh, from about 88 and is now trading at 83. So you can see that sometimes even after a good earnings beat, the stock actually doesn't fail to make new highs. And after that initial run for the last three days or five days, that's about it. For Lululemon, though, you can see that while it uh, gapped up from 320 to 370 after very good numbers, you can see that it consolidated below 370 for a while, eventually broke out, but is now retesting those previous highs at 383. It's still above the nine-day moving average, which is the green line here, and still above the 20-day moving average. So some stocks generally can still take a longer, uh, a higher play, even as the weeks go by. And in this case, this was at least a month that has went by for Lululemon. And uh, But there are names like PVH, which is after a month, it has already been sold off and taken profits from. Yeah, let's take a look at Spotify. For Spotify, which just recently announced earnings the last three days, you can see that after beating with the 500 million members, you can see that at, at 144, it quickly got sold off back towards 132, where it was trading at before the market's earnings came out. So this is a little bit uh, more aggressive in terms of profit taking. Take note, though, if it breaks below 128, we can see that all those earnings glimmer is starting to actually sell off towards about 120 or maybe even retest this $104, which is so far acting as support for Spotify, their 200-day moving average. Now, take a look here at Airbnb. 
You'll notice that some names after earnings, Airbnb here made the gap up very strongly from about 115 towards as high as 145. However, as you can see, just after two days, these gains were fizzling out all the way down towards 115. And we'll wait for the next earnings season sometime in the middle of May for Airbnb. Now, look at here as well for Procter & Gamble. After good earnings here from about 148, it went up quickly towards 156. But after just five days, it's just steadily sleeping at the 156. So you can see that the way earnings act is not all the same. Some names get fizzled out. Some names just stay up and sleep there. Okay, so recently, not just gap ups, we're also seeing a lot of names in the gap down board after results. Sell-offs cannot be massed so far by Microsoft or Meta or Chipotle. We actually saw Align Technology down 10%, Domino's Pizza down 6%, but actually down about 12% or down 14%, depending on how intraday highs you're seeing Domino's Pizza. Amazon was actually down 15% from its intraday high. You've got Mobile Eye, which is down 30% after their earnings. For Solar, which was already down after Enphase uh, earnings, is down back 6 to 7% after its own results. Snapchat was actually down as much as 15% to as much as 20% after the earnings call. You've got Pinterest down 10% to about 13%. Cloudflare, a whopping 25% gap down after the earnings call. You've got healthcare names like AbV down 9%. Enphase was down 20%. And for Bed Bath & Beyond and First Republic Company, it looks like they have filed uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy and they're probably about down 90 to 99% from their highs. So you can see that there are several landmine casualties in earnings results. And you can see all of that after hours. Uh, and some of them are getting tagged along even without their earnings results coming out. For instance, when Cloudflare fell 25%, people are already subjecting Fastly with also a decline of about 5 to 6% after hours. And you can see also that with Amazon uh, showing some deceleration, down 15% from an intraday high, down 2% and falling down uh, currently in the pre-markets, it's, uh, uh, it's actually being shown as a punishment also for Palo Alto Networks, CrowdStrike, and um, Datadog. You can also see the different uh, movements here. Crowds, uh, Crocs, which is uh, the shoes, uh, is actually down 15%, despite the fact that uh, it actually beat on revenues and uh, earnings. So it's actually more in the guidance that people are taking a look at. And of course, very negative numbers for Pinterest, Snapchat, for Solar, Domino's Pizza, Align Technology, Mobile Eye, showing those swapping declines all throughout. So I think it's more important that we are visual, that you see how bad those charts are. You can see the Domino's Pizza here went from 340, went to size 350, only to be get clobbered down all the way towards 315. So this was quite a big drop, uh, thanks to Lord Rymouth for this chart. You can also see Amazon. You can see Amazon initially went from 110 to 123 with a beat on revenues and earnings. But as people closely saw the guidance to be falling for Amazon Web Services, which is down about 5% growth for next uh, next quarter, you're seeing that Amazon shares fizzled out all those gains from about 123 and is now trading at 107, quite a $16 decline or about 15% in just an intraday move. 
Now you can also see FedEx and UPS from their quarterly deferred volumes. This the blue line is your FedEx. The red line here is UPS. You can see that they are actually falling year on year quite disastrously. Uh, year on year from about 30% growth to as low as 10% and are now actually negative 20%, which shows to you how negative the retail sales are. So UPS service is actually getting clobbered as a result from about as high before of 225 and then 205, 190, and now it's trading at about 177, 180. You're also seeing, although FedEx hasn't dropped yet, their peer, which is FedEx, is also trading at lower highs here from 320 to 250 to 230, and today's at 225. We'll see if it actually tries to go down as low as 200, given the sentiment towards retail sector and logistics shipments. Now, Crocs is actually down here from about 155 highs. It managed to go very, very strongly for the year from, from about $70 to as high as 155 this high flyer, though, is quickly selling off after earnings uh, not meeting uh, guidance expectations. And it's now actually trading at 125. So um, we will see whether people will support Crocs here at 115. But this is definitely quite a huge decline intraday for Crocs. Align Technology, which is your dentist, uh, your teeth, you're seeing actually a big sell of about 10%, trading from 360. It's now trading at 320. So a further back down of uh, $300 could send it all the way towards 260. So watch out for these gap down moves. Mobile Eye Global from about 46 is now trading at 36 and $30. So this is a LiDAR firm. Uh, LiDAR is uh, the, for the self-driving vehicles. So it looks like there's still a lot of sell-offs happening here. Quite a huge volume on this gap down. Very, uh, very nasty uh, after the earnings hours. First Solar, as you can see from about $200, is down nearly 8 to 9% here trading at $180, fully filling that gap when it uh, reported earnings last quarter. And could it actually drop as low as $159 or $150 closer to its 200-day moving average over the past uh, six months? Uh, so First Solar is actually still in a gap down uh, and quite bad numbers. Same as for Enphase, 20% down. Notice that Enphase previous high flyer was uh, as high as 320, and every quarter has been disappointing all the time, 320 to 260 to 240 to 200, now trading at about 160, and still hasn't found any support yet. Pinterest, uh, the social media app, is also down from about $27 to $23. We actually saw last week, I, I believe, uh, their product managers resigning and uh, very difficult for some media, uh, social media advertising apps such as Pinterest here to acquire revenues. Snapchat falling also uh, from about $10 to about $8.50. That's a big guess. Uh, that's a very big drop as much as $2, so about 20% for Snapchat dropping. It's also down 90% from its peak. So there's definitely a lot of questions on the ability of Snapchat to execute in terms of advertising as they keep on ramping also towards augmented reality uh, and AI efforts. Cloudflare is also down huge from about $60 to $45. We're seeing sentiment actually sour on a lot of uh, cloud-related names, Cloudflare, uh, getting a disastrous report here, $45 here. I'll just read to you uh, Cloudflare shares. Cloudflare shares are tanking more than 20% after the company cut the forecast for the full year, citing a material lengthening of its sales cycle expected to weigh on results. The cloud service company is now expecting $1.28 billion in full year revenue. Cloudflare's prior outlook was for $1.33 billion in revenue. 
consensus was for 1.335 billion. Increasing macroeconomic uncertainty over the course of the first quarter resulted in a material lengthening of sales cycles and a significant back-end weighting of linearity. Despite this continued re-acceleration of our new pipeline generation and our sustained high wind rates and renewal rates, our guidance assumes these external headwinds will persist until the end of the fiscal year. Therefore, our second quarter revenue forecast calls for $305 million when the fact set consensus is about $320 million. This downbeat outlook overshadowed Cloudflare's first quarter results. As you can see, it's really about the guidance for the next quarter in the year that people are really harping about. And there's a huge decline in a lot of cloud-related names. And you can see actually Amazon, which is still down for the year um, from about 140 to about 120. And it's now trading at about 108, 106. We'll see whether Amazon can go below 100. Uh, but really also uh, showing a deceleration for their next quarter's forecast of about 5% lower growth. AbV here uh, from about 165 is now trading at 150, down about 10% after hours after earnings as well. As I said, Align Technology is dropping 10% from about 360 to about 320. Note though that uh, Align Technology, ALGN, is also dropping from its peak uh, uh, in 2021 2022 of about as high as $700. So there's still a lot of deceleration here. Snowflake hasn't reported earnings, but is already down 200, uh, below 200-day moving average, below $200 as well. Uh, we haven't seen the results, but seeing how uh, lower the IT spending and forecasts are, it may be uh, apparent that the market's already selling off some of these snowflakes, or there's just apparent um, uh, lack of buyers for snowflake. Now trading near its 52-week uh, lows, uh, very near $120. It's currently at about $150. We'll see whether it retests $120 or actually breaks above $150. So it's actually currently at nowhere land. Whether it goes to $200 or $100, uh, I think it has to do with their forecast for the next quarter. CrowdStrike also at a very dismal uh, decline. You can see that from about as high as 240s. It's now trading at about 120s, which is half the price, but it still hasn't found uh, a lot of support. Some people are buying at 100, but uh, with declines further in Amazon cloud spending, it looks like some of the, and even the forecast being shared by Cloudflare, some people are hesitant to actually bet on a lot of SaaS names or software as a service names, especially in the cloud. And we're seeing actually CrowdStrike suffer as a result. It has been falling from a, uh, its current short-term high of about 140 and still actually showing quite a downtrend on its 200-day and its uh, short-term and long-term moving averages. Datadog as well is also down from its short-term and long-term moving averages, still trading at $70. I think the market is apprehensive on almost all of these cloud names before the earnings results. Same thing for Fastly here, dropping from about 18 high to about 15 and 14 nowadays. We'll see whether Fastly reports a lower earnings quarter or a lower guidance revenue for next quarter. But the market is already selling it off before the numbers come out. Um, let's take a look at some of the max pain theories as well. You can see that as of last night, the U.S. GDP in the, uh, slowed to 1.1% in the first quarter of 2023 as well as high inflation. So we are actually seeing low economic growth and very high inflation continue to pervade and uh, persist within the U.S. This was actually echoed by uh, Domino's Pizza in their earnings call, wherein people were mostly staying at home. They were not, uh, they were not necessarily dining out. And uh, with the increase in prices on, uh, in, in pizzas, uh, people actually opted uh, to just uh, get uh, carry out instead of uh, getting it delivered. 
for an extra fee. So we're seeing actually the consumers of uh, Domino's Pizza are having a hard time, hence the drop. We're also seeing, uh, I'm going to show you how the big tech earnings are. Yes, we've seen how Microsoft generally actually made the beat. Uh, Apple's going to report next quarter, uh, sorry, next next week, which is on May 4. We'll see how the results are. But let's show you a big, uh, uh, at least an idea of how the options are going to expire tonight, April 28th for tonight, because yeah, yeah, tonight's yeah. Friday. So for Apple, actually last yeah, night, the stock yeah. price traded at $168. We're seeing max pain at $162. You'll notice that all the max pain for all the current prices is actually to the downside. So it seems that all the market makers have an incentive to initially make the stock uh, prices, at least for the day, slightly down to about 1% overall on your mega caps. Now, it's not helping that Amazon actually uh, is disappointing with the guidance quarter as well. So chances are for Amazon to fall 104 or 105 might be evident, maybe 1% to 2% or 3% down. Uh, Microsoft doing well, though, might actually also trade below 300 coming from the fact that uh, the other cloud competitors are showing deceleration, uh, such as uh such as Amazon, Cloudflare, and the likes. We're seeing actually uh, Meta did, did very well, and it's actually showing that while the rest of the peers like Snapchat and Pinterest are having a hard time, it seems like the market generally is happy with Meta's efficiency and uh, cost cutting. And so uh, maybe for uh, for Meta, even if uh, Max Payne is 210, it may actually just stay above 230 or 240, not really go down as much. Okay, uh, for NVIDIA, we're just seeing mostly unchanged here, about $270. So we're actually seeing a lack of um, lack of movement, actually, for NVIDIA over the last couple of weeks. Perhaps it's waiting for its own earnings report, which still is end of May, around May 25. Okay, so Google, we already saw that they managed to grow their cloud at 26%, but uh, there's still a perception that Google is fighting um, a losing war on AI, against yeah. Microsoft. That could be perception, but that perception is being priced in today with Google trading at just 20 times multiple versus yeah. Microsoft's multiple today at 33 times PE. Okay, let's take a look at Dow Jones. You'll see that Dow Jones is actually trading here at about 338. It's actually uh, quite in the unchanged yeah, and uh, a little bit lower, 1% from its previous peak of 340. Max Payne at 335 shows that the indices are generally likely to fall about 1% a night the expectation is some sort of reprieve or some profit taking after a quite a strong move last night. Okay, so SPY is actually trading at 412. The max pain is 407, which means that SPY can trade below 410 tonight. Looks like uh, SPY is just trading in the unchanged zone, unchanged about down 1% as the markets await uh, Apple results next week. QQQ, which is very strong, trading at 320. It would have been higher towards 330 had Amazon done well, but with Apple and uh, unchanged to negative and with Amazon actually showing a potential negative uh, number, at least negative uh, movement in the pre-markets. Looks like QQQ is actually going to trade below 320 and uh, we may actually fall about 1%. Okay, so let's take a look further uh, deeper on Amazon Web Service Revenue Growth. You can see that since Q1 2018, AWS has been falling uh, from 49% to 28%, recovered during the pandemic to as high as 40%, but after that has also been peaking. So we're seeing actually that there's a strong deceleration on spending on AWS 
And current court of 16% is actually very, very weak and might actually go as low as 11%, which they forecasted very, very low for AWS, which is the reason why Amazon is actually uh, tanking or down 2% after hours and may not uh, lead us to a, two, to, to, a, to a 335 QQQ. I'm going to read to you uh, partly uh, the commentary on AWS. Here they said, in AWS, net sales is actually $20 billion in the first quarter. This is up 16% year over year, representing annualized, annualized sales run rate of more than 85B. Given the ongoing economic uncertainty, however, customers of all sizes in all industries continue to look for cost savings across their businesses similar to what you are seeing us do at Amazon. So as expected, customers continue to evaluate ways to optimize their cloud spending in, re in response to these tough economic conditions in the first quarter. Not that, that's the reason why you're seeing actually downturn movements on Cloudflare, on uh, Fastly, on Datadog, Palo Alto Network, CrowdStrike, and the like. And we're seeing these optimizations continue into the second quarter, with April revenue growth rates about 500 basis points lower than what we saw in Q1. So as a reminder, we are not trying to optimize for just one quarter or year. We're working to build customer relationships and a business that will outlast all of us. Therefore, our AWS sales and support teams continue to spend much of their time helping customers optimize their AWS spend so that they can better weather this uncertain economy. This customer orientation is built into our DNA and how we think about our customer relationships and business over the long term. So I think we appreciate the fact that AWS is just showing the numbers as it is. And you can see that AWS is revenue growth is really decelerating even amidst um, and, and hasn't really bottomed up. There hasn't been a trough yet for AWS revenue growth. Now, Andrew Jassy, the president, CEO and director, uh, answered this question. I'm just going to read it to you. It's hard to say exactly where we are in the process. I think what we continue to see is the customers, they're appropriately cautious about what they're seeing in the economy. They're finding ways to save money, as most companies are. And we have a long track record, which we continue to pursue, which makes sense for our customers and our business long term. We are not trying to optimize for a quarter or a year. We're going to do whatever it takes to help customers be successful because we're trying to build relationships in a business for, for all of us. So we're spending a lot of time trying to help them think of smart ways, not short-term ways, to optimize their costs to be able to scale up and down. And again, one of the big advantages of the cloud is that if you grow quickly, you can seamlessly scale up. But when you don't have demand, you can give it back to us and stop paying for it. And it's not true with, with what you see on premises. So we're trying to work hard to help customers with that. I think it's important to remember that customers are pretty explicit telling us this is not a cost-cutting effort where we intend on spending less money on technology or on the cloud. This is our reprioritizing what matters most to our business at this time and trying to reallocate resource so that we can build new customer experience of the change what's possible. What's possible. And so I think if you think about those projects, by the way, it takes time to build. When you're allocating, reallocating, you're reprioritizing, you're redefining what you are going to build. You got to actually go build it before you can implement it. And we're working pretty carefully, closely with customers on those initiatives. It's important to remember that there's still so much growth in the cloud. As you can see, this $85 billion recurring revenue business, 90 plus percent of the global IT spend is on premises. And so if you believe that equation is going to flip, it's mostly moving to the cloud.
I also think there are a lot of folks who do not realize the amount of non-consumption right now that's going to happen and be spent in the cloud with the advent of large language models and generative AI. I think so many customer experiences are going to be reinvented and invented that have not existed before. And that's all going to be spent, in my opinion, on the cloud. So what he's saying is that all the cloud spending will continue as the generative AI and all these LLM models continue to flourish over the time, uh, over the next period. So this one is a good recap as well from Amazon's earnings. You can see that the revenues were actually on the upside, up 9%, $127 billion. Gross profits is actually $60 billion, up 20%. Margin actually grew to about 47%. So the market was actually happy with that. Earnings before interest and taxes also going to the right direction. Margin is now up 60 basis points at 4%. Net, net income is actually margin up 2%, 579 basis points. But uh, And your free cash flow is actually now down just $3.3 Quite a huge improvement in terms of free cash flows over the last few quarters. So we're actually seeing improvement on Amazon's part. We may see actually that there will be long-term buyers on any dips on Amazon despite those deceleration in cloud spending. But I also think that uh, the market is forcibly saying that $120 for now for Amazon is pretty steep with the kind of deceleration on their AWS spend. So ideally, I don't like to guess what the earnings results are. I just read what the results are and then react. So since the results were already released and the consensus seems that there will be slower growth for Amazon, at least for the next quarter, then I do think that for June 16, which is before the next quarter's results, if you believe that Amazon is not going to go higher than 10% from 110 today, then you can actually create a bearish call spread. So say you sell 115 and then you buy 120 calls, then you can pocket about $1.60 or even $2 here. Say, for instance, Amazon tries to trade about 112 or 111 over the next following days or intraday. So I do think that that may actually be an alternative for those who want to short Amazon with a defined risk and a defined reward. The risk being $500 maximum uh, loss minus whatever your premiums are getting. So let's say you're getting about $200 here. So you're getting $200. Max risk would be $300 for a $500 buying power uh, bear call spread for Amazon. So we'll see uh, on June 16, 2023 for that 50-day uh, expiry. We'll try to do this for Amazon. Now, um, there are a lot of uh, opinions as well for big tech. Let's just read a few things. This one comes from James Rev Shark Depore. He says, big cap tech delivers great results, but can it lead the market higher? Take note, though, that there are companies that manage to beat, but not everyone, right? So earnings reports are rolling in. Bulls are celebrating strong results from Microsoft, Meta, Amazon reports. There's hope that it will keep the positive sentiment going. Um However, good earnings from some key names are not enough to stop a downtrend from developing. These names must also provide leadership, attract cash inflows, supporting the overall market. Stocks like Microsoft and Meta may have boosted the indices due to their weightings, but they're largely company-specific situations. Their strong results are a function of their unique technology and are not driven by overall economic strength. We're actually seeing some results uh, and some analysis from others. Here, RBC Capital Markets Analyst Rishi Jaluria told Yahoo Finance Live Tuesday, numbers definitely came in a little bit stronger than what people were worried about, example for Microsoft, especially given all the headlines around the softening IT environment. So actually, guys, even if um, 
Datadog or uh, or Cloudflare that people are actually assuming the worst already. Well, Cloudflare because it's down about twenty five percent. If you think that those IT uh, can actually uh, beat uh, uh, beat their estimates next quarter, there's actually obviously some people looking to buy these drops right now. So uh, Microsoft reported overall revenue of about $53 in a quarter versus expectation of 51. As you can see, Microsoft only managed a 7% revenue growth. However, what the market was quite happy about is the fact that its intelligent cloud division, including Azure, was able to beat expectations, rising $22.1 billion versus the 21.9 consensus forecast. More so, Microsoft's... Um, um, personal computing, the PC division, which was expected to really decline, actually managed to report revenue of $13.3 billion, more than the $12.3 billion Wall Street expected. So in general, what happened here is that Microsoft's numbers was better than feared, and so it led to higher uh, results, uh, higher movements in the stock price after results. If you take a look at the past few quarters, you'll see that this one, which is your Azure, and then your... Um, um, so we can see that you've got um, Windows, Office and Cloud Services. So these are really where uh, a majority server and cloud services. You've got Office and Cloud, which is your Azure. Then you've got Windows. This is really the major uh, revenue lines for Microsoft. Uh, and it's still, uh, you know, uh, the fact that uh, Microsoft is continuing to grow um, revenues, despite the fact that it's just up 7% on a revenue perspective, is still uh, for, for the market with such a huge business of $50 billion per quarter, is still something that uh, at least uh, met and uh, beat some of the low expectations of the market. So I just wanted to share to you that uh, Microsoft Azure, after uh, showing 27%, is actually not different from Amazon. You can see that um, from 59, 60% here, it has been actually declining from the high 47, 46% here to very low 20% here. So maybe um, even if Microsoft Azure is being uh, cheered and praised by the market, you can see that actually all the growth in cloud-related spending has been across the board, across the industry. It wasn't just for Amazon. It's also happening actually for Microsoft, albeit the fact that Microsoft may be more uh, positive outlook for their next few quarters, but we don't know if Microsoft can actually beat for their next few quarters. So you can see that in the three months ending March 31, 2023, Microsoft Azure here rose uh, uh, the revenues percentage change 27%. And if you're going to use just constant currency, they're saying it's about 31%. Their overall Microsoft Cloud revenue, 22-25%. So you're seeing that the market is generally happy seeing those uh, better than feared numbers. I would say that it's not really blockbuster growth. It's more just uh, better than expected versus the estimates. And uh, I do want to caution people who are just jumping into FOMO on Microsoft. Take note that with the current price of about $305 for Microsoft, it is also trading at 33 times PE multiple, despite those decelerating uh, revenue growth and your EPS actually just coming in flat. You're actually paying quite a peak, uh, one of the peak uh, PE ratios similar to 2021 for Microsoft here despite the fact that you used to have very, very strong growth around 2021 and 2022, uh, around 46% to 50% during that time. So we're already seeing quite a deceleration here. Um, you can see that the Microsoft financial results, uh, overall the earnings are uh, and profits, uh, revenues and profits 
are just um, about 7% and 10%. So 10% up on earnings, 7% up on revenue. Uh, it's trading at about 33 times PE. It is quite expensive uh, given that it's not really growing as fast as, uh, as, as its usual time, no? It would be okay to pay a lot if it was uh, if it was really growing uh, substantially in its segments. Also, uh, something uh, to caution for Microsoft bulls: the UK just blocked Microsoft's sixty-nine billion dollar bid for Activision, which is a blow for technology deals. This is the first uh, big uh, big tech and majority of victory for regulate regulations regulatory. Take note that a lot of regulations were saying that uh, there should be an anti-monopoly or antitrust. I'm going to read to you a few uh, articles here. Lena Khan, FTC chair, made challenging mergers a central part of her plan to rein in the tech giants. After the American agency filed a lawsuit in December to block the video game deal, Microsoft swiftly tried to isolate Ms. Khan by pushing European authorities to, re to reach legal settlements that would address their concerns and allow the deal to go through. Antitrust regulators in the European Union are expected to rule the acquisition by May 22. So you can see that um, about last year, January 2022, there was a plan for, for Microsoft to buy Activision Blizzard for about $69 billion. This would be a bet that more people will spend time in the digital world. And according to Microsoft, cloud gaming will allow people to basically get rid of consoles and be able to play games and pay uh, a subscription fee, like an Xbox Game Pass, to Microsoft, which will utilize, of course, their Microsoft Azure cloud. The concern of the government is obvious, <laughs> because if this happened, then there will be a monopoly uh, in terms of uh, gaming, uh, for, for Xbox, for Microsoft with exclusivity titles. So uh, the concern is um, to block the deal because it will thwart the expansion of the tech industry's biggest companies. British, um, <clears throat> so there will be uh, a lot of discussions, obviously, uh, on the acquisition by May 22. So this might also um, appear to hinder the growth of uh, cloud for Microsoft uh, when this uh, deal does not push through. Okay, so Satya Nadella actually re reported on the earnings call um, that you can see that he did talk about AI a lot of times. He mentioned it some 50 times on the earnings call, highlighting the drive of Microsoft to stay ahead in the large language model race. Take note that Amazon also mentioned this uh, in its call. It's just that they didn't mention it 50 times. Like uh, they mentioned it one time, two times. It's not just, uh, it's just not... Uh, a big uh, a big discussion in in in, uh, in Amazon's earnings report. Okay, so you're seeing that uh, Microsoft revealed a raft of new AI de deployments. He said we've got the most powerful AI infrastructure being used by our partner OpenAI, as well as Nvidia and leading AI startups like Adapt and Inflection to train large models. So um, our Azure OpenAI service brings together advanced models, including ChatGPT, GPT-4 with the enterprise capabilities of Azure. So basically, a lot of uh, bullish comments from Satya Nadella help the share prices and the sentiment and confidence of the market to basically bet further and further to Microsoft, which is, as I said, trading at 33 times PE. Quite a discrepancy when you consider that uh, Google's just trading at about 20 times multiple 
And although it's very hard to say that um, that Amazon is actually trading at 60, 80 times PE, that is not really true because Amazon has so many business parts and it's not just reliant only on the cloud. So from a PE ratio basis, it's very hard to really say, especially since right now, Amazon is trying to work hard on uh, fixing their free cash flow direction. And so I think that Amazon's PE is just not understandably comparative today versus Microsoft or Google. Okay, so um, but you are you're seeing actually all over these cloud services that they're all decelerating. Nonetheless, uh, Microsoft's uh, coming from a source, Spare Invest. Spare Invest. I'm just going to read to you the important stuff here for those who want to understand the Microsoft results. Here you're seeing Azure uh, revenue growth about 26 to 7%. You're noticing that the, the points from AI services is very small. They're saying that the optimizations continue. At some point, workloads cannot be optimized much further, which means that um, you cannot actually uh, lower down the spending as much as possible. New workloads are starting. Relative outperformance due to AI work leadership, new workloads that the company hasn't seen before, drug discovery. So you're saying, uh, so Microsoft Azure is saying that these are the catalysts to actually uh, grow that revenue from 26 to 27% or higher. And they're saying that the value of Azure is not just being able to offer compute, but optimize the performance. Benefits are broader than just being a hyperscaler. They can use the hardware compute for third party, but also for their own consumer apps like Bing. Daily installs today on the Bing mobile app have grown 400% since launch. The only question though for Microsoft is that on an increase on the dollar basis, they would be materially increasing their capex due to the investments in Azure AI infrastructure. So it's highly possible actually that Microsoft may miss actually on some earnings per share due to these uh, capital investments and expenditures towards Azure AI infrastructure. You can see that uh, in terms of quarterly earnings or price amount, earnings per share this quarter, April 25, was a 10% surprise, leading the stock to also go up 10%. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you, you think that that is worth it uh, on that type of a beat, but the market actually paid 10% higher for Microsoft after that beat. It was trading about 275 and it's now trading about 305, so roughly 10, 11% after the earnings beat. Now you're also seeing that um, the next forecast from 245 is still expected to go higher. Uh, the consensus is to uh, slightly go higher, uh, less than 5% here, less than just 2%, uh, and then continue higher, 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 but not as high. You know? So 247, 258, 263, 265, 280. The market is generally, uh, if you're paying the current price of 305, you're basically paying for about a company at 33 times PE, wherein your earnings may grow 5, 10%, depending on whether it beats or it manages to just be in line with the consensus, which still actually may say that uh, insufficient um, insufficient safety or margin of safety, despite all those uh, execution and uh, and bullishness or on the outlook on AI. So as I said, um, you may actually um, have to also think about the, the regulators about the block deal for Microsoft and Activision acquisition. Now, here's also something to keep your minds thinking. Take note that the NASDAQ, the top seven, so you have to add Google because uh, Google and Google is one. 
you can see that in NASDAQ, the reason for the outperformance of NASDAQ trading at about 320 is partially due to the seven, or I would say the magical seven, which comprises 51.75% of the entire NASDAQ 100. That means that seven companies versus 93 companies, 50% weighting here means that if they're generally up about one, two, three percent, with some names rallying 13%, like Meta did after its earnings call, Microsoft rallying 10, 11% after its earnings call, it actually helps the index. So if you just multiply 51.75% times that percent, that gives your index a 5% uptick if 93 other components are just unchanged. So there's that uh, movement why you went from about 310 to about 320. Whether it will continue to go higher from 320 to 335, you now have to assume that all these seven names will continue higher. We, we did see, however, that um, it seems to be muted, uh, muted growth for Amazon, at least for the next quarter. Um, still difficult for Tesla to meet um, their delivery sales. Uh, very, very, very... Um, very low quarterly delivery uh, in its latest results. And then you don't really have a lot of uh, strength in terms of saying that Microsoft could grow uh, another 10% after their revenues and earnings, which already had a lot of AI, was just up 7% 7 on revenue. So it's pretty hard to actually assume that the NASDAQ can continue higher, even with this big seven, um, and, uh, and of course, Apple hasn't reported results yet. We'll see that next week. But it's kind of hard to, uh, to assume that we will continue running up. Uh, we may actually just consolidate and profit take somewhere here about 320 or 315. Um, it's also important to note that the big tech stocks is the most crowded trade, or at the very least, that was the appearance from a Bank of America Global Fund Manager survey. However, another chart also says that as of April 23, although they think that big tech is the largest uh, long, uh, long overcrowded trade, it seems that from a positioning versus history, though, um, a lot of fund managers are actually underweight U.S. equities and also underweight technology. So in this chart shows that FMS investor positioning over the last few years, they're underweight stocks, U.S. real estate, insurance, and tech which may actually also say that the movements over the last couple of weeks or days has been related to options expiry or short squeeze movements. Okay, so um, yeah, I think that uh, that basically summarizes quite a lot of the earnings results, guys. Um, I do want to share that this week, uh, so today is the last day of April. We will be already on May uh, next month. And it's a new month. So we have to be honest that for the month of April, it has been excruciatingly hard for the bulls. Uh, sorry, actually, it's very hard for the bulls and the bears. It depends on which companies you're bullish upon. It's very hard to, to assume what's going to happen. So for the bulls who made the right calls on the big tech um, that moved up, like such as Microsoft and Meta, the question now is whether will they take earnings uh, results already and they take profits. As we've seen how the movements in profit taking, it has some names have been very quick in profit taking, such as what happened for some tech names like Airbnb and Spotify. So we'll see on whether uh, these results will continue to uh, continue higher or start selling off. Okay, so that's about it, guys. Uh, thank you very much and goodbye.